Hello, and welcome to the week to week two of the Cultivate podcast. Uh, we're in the book of Romans this semester. Thank you for joining us. And if you haven't already, go back and check out week one, uh, a little conversation between Rachel and Derek, talking about different streams of the faith. And that'll be helpful for us in our conversation as we're moving through the book of Romans. Speaking of Rachel, she's with me here today. <laughs> hey, guys. To share a little bit, uh, kind of give us a little bit of an overview of the book of Romans. Um, it may have been a little weird last week um, because we are starting Romans. We didn't really talk about Romans that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek talked about a lot of good stuff. And like I said, go back, check it out. Um, but we need to kind of get into Romans. We need to talk about what the heck is it? Um, what is it going to look like? What can we expect this semester? Um, so maybe, Rachel, we can just start with what is Romans and who is Paul? That is a great question. So Romans is a book in the New Testament that is written to the Roman church, which is easy to remember. The book to the Roman church is called Romans. Um, and it was written by Paul, who, um, if you don't know about him, his name used to be Saul because he actually used to be a Jew who heavily persecuted the Christians. Like this guy was not good news if you were a Christian. Um, if you know who Saint Stephen is, he is the first man, well, first person ever to be martyred for the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And Paul was at his death. Like he was there and he was holding the coats of all the people who were stoning Stephen to death. Paul was an avid persecutor. Um, and he knew what the Christians were proclaiming, but he didn't believe it. And then one day he was traveling to Damascus, um, actually on his way to continue persecuting some Christians. And he saw this blinding light and had a revelation from Jesus Christ, the risen Jesus Christ himself. And he was converted then. And, um, his name was changed from Saul to Paul. We often think of that as like this dramatic thing where his identity was changed, but Paul is actually just the Roman version (laughs) of the name Saul, um, because he was being commissioned to reach the Gentiles. Um, in the land. And so that was his like great commission from Jesus to reach the Gentiles with the gospel message. And um, Can you Jews explain for us real quick what a Jew and yes, Gentile is? that Perfect. is a good. Um, throughout this whole book, you will see Jew and Gentile. So it is good to know upfront what is the difference. Jews are descendants of um, the ancient people of Israel. So God's chosen people who you read about all in the Old Testament, the Jews are from them. So actually there were a lot of different tribes. Um, Jews are just the one tribe that came back after the exile and continued to adhere to the um, Jewish faith and the law that we'll later talk about that God gave to the um, people of Israel. And the Gentiles are basically anyone else. So if you are not Jewish, you are a Gentile. (laughs) So what you're telling me is because I am not Jewish, I myself, even here today, would call myself a Gentile? Yes. And Paul was commissioned to reach people like you. Awesome. I am just so (laughs) grateful for Paul and I can't wait to hear what he has to say to me. It sounds like this dude had quite the uh, quite the 180, but I yes. think it's clear. I think it gives him some, um, I don't know, even just like authority. Yeah, I think, to, and humanity. Like, we need to listen to what this dude has to say because clearly uh, the Lord has done something pretty crazy in his life to turn him around from being Saul, uh, who we see persecuting Christians, to Paul, who writes a bunch of the New Testament. Yeah, he wrote, oh, I can't remember the percentage now. I wish I did off the top of my head of what percentage of the New Testament is actually written by Paul because it's a lot. And it used to be this man who was persecuting the Christians, the least, 
the person you would least expect to make this turn. And so Paul then later writes to the Roman church because at one point the Romans um, had executed, well, not executed, excommunicated all of the Christians from Rome. So they said, you are not allowed to be here. But then one day they were allowed back in. And so when that happened, there was a lot of division between the Jews and Gentiles in that church. Um, The Jews wanted to adhere to the law that was given in the Old Testament, which at one point you might think that's, wait, why would they do that? We don't even do that today, really. Um, But the law was this gift given to the Jews um, in the Old Testament. Like it was a revelation from God. It was a gift to them. And so it was special, but they were taking it to the point of elevating the law above God himself. And so there was this division between how they believed the Gentiles should be living and how the Gentiles believe they should be living in response to Jesus. And so Paul is writing to the Romans this long letter um, that reiterates the gospel message to create division, sorry, to create unity from that division between the Jews and Gentiles so that they can f- more fully live into the mission of the church. Because the church isn't just somewhere you go yeah. to just like build up your faith and consume. It's where you go to be conformed into the image of Christ so that you can go out and be on mission for others. Absolutely. And I love that you kind of laid out this vision of Romans as, um, has a mission of unity, right? To yes. bring unity in a time of division. And I think that's so key for us. Um, you know, then division between Jew and Gentile, maybe now division between uh, Democrat and Republican, or yeah. um, we just see so many lines of division in our world. And so I think that even that question of why Romans, why now, why mm-hmm. is this the book? Why is this what we're doing this semester? I think uh, it feels so perfectly timed to yes. me. Um, this is what we need. This is the message we need to hear. Um, we need you know, Christ is our great reconciler and unifier um, to bring us together together in a time where we just see a lot of division mm-hmm. in our country. So Yeah, I feel like Romans is just in so many ways so relevant to us. We'll see that week to week when it comes to unity, when it comes to like our need to like tell the gospel because he retells us what the gospel is. And so this semester we'll get to learn what it is and be able to be better equipped to tell others and bring them to the light that we get to share in. Yeah. And it'll talk about like how to live in the culture, you know? Yeah. So. Well, cool. So let's do this. We're going to get to week two eventually, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but first, I just feel like we need to lay out like a quick little timeline, yes. a little roadmap. Um, you know, nowadays we just punch it into our phones. Used to be to just lay out the, you know, the roadmap mm-hmm. on the dashboard. Um, so let's do that real quick just to, um, I don't know, just to set the ground rules, show us where we're going and uh, set a little bit of context before we jump yes. in. In the beginning of every week of your student guide, you'll see this like weird timeline thing that's meant to help you. It's a visual roadmap um, that helps us understand where we are in this book of Romans. So it starts off with a quick introduction that was a part of last week's talk. And then this week we are in this segment of human sin. So Paul is discussing the depravity of humanity, basically. A little gloomy. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It's just like, Oh, humanity's the worst. That's just (laughs) what you feel whenever you read this part. But As soon as he's done with that, he gets into the answer to this sin, which, spoiler alert, is Jesus. We love it. Jesus is the answer to human sin. And then next we get into God's plan for salvation. And so 
God didn't one day just think, oh, I should just save the world. God's plan of salvation through Jesus Christ has been there from the beginning. Jesus was there at the beginning of creation. So this has been in the works. Um, And then we'll get into a section that talks about new life. So it's our new life in response to life with Christ. And so it's like, I think C.S. Lewis said, we become little Christs. And so it's, how do we live that out? And at the end, it's just, you always got to conclude your letter. And so we'll just end with a little conclusion. Well, cool. So the fun stuff is coming um, and the good (laughs) news is coming. But right now, uh, like Rachel said, we're kind of starting off um, where Paul is just kind of even laying the groundwork of our own condition um, and where we're at. And uh, we're in this kind of period of human sin. Um, So tell us where we're at this week for week two um, Mm -hmm. and talk about maybe how we got here um, to this point. Um, so we did skip a little bit last week. We said, read through all of Romans as you go through it. I think it's going to be so helpful for you. If you just read through the whole book, even the parts that we don't address specifically in group. And I will admit we skipped a very heavy section before this week. This week we're in Romans two seventeen through three twenty. We skipped a chunk that focuses on sexuality. And a lot of you may read that and have questions or, um, just need some help processing through that section. And so if you are that person, I would love for you to reach out to me. I'm sure Landon would be Absolutely. down for it. Derek, yeah. we would love to talk to you. Um, our, all of our emails are just our name at ukcsf.org. So yeah. if you just want to talk about this, please reach out to us because we don't want to skip it and it like be hurtful in any way. Right. Um, we just wanted to focus on this next little section that is going to talk a little bit more universally about human sin. Yeah. And I think that's a good word just in general for any part of this that we don't really feel like we like really touch on, but that you have questions about, like, that's what your leaders are there for. Yes. That's what, you know, this team is here for. Um, you know, we really want to cover the whole book of Romans. And so if there's any part that kind of sticks out and you have questions, please bring those to the table. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's just, that's part of reading through a book of scripture together as a community. So, um, but right now we're in Romans two seventeen. Um, so what, what is Paul talking about? What does he have for us this week? So we are talking about human sin and, um, he really focuses on the law in this section. Um, and I kind of mentioned the law earlier, but yeah, you said that a lot. It's kind of floating out in the, in the atmosphere. Um, but I think we need a little bit of clarity. Can you just kind of explain, give us, uh, maybe law one oh one. Yeah. Take us to law school. How about yeah. that? <laughs> so, um, the law was given to the ancient Israelites by God. So like I said, this was a gift to them. Like this was cherished that they got to look at this law and, um, to live in the holiness of God. And this law was meant, um, for, them to live into their calling. So our ancient calling as God's people is to be a light to the world. And so this law guided them into doing so. And today we have a lot of confusion about the law's um, application to our own lives today, post Jesus. (laughs) Um, So a lot of people might say, oh, Jesus abolished the law, but that's not necessarily true. Um, Because Jesus coming um, kind of set a new standard for like, a part of the law. So there's three components. If I get it too like intellectual and this doesn't make sense, Landon, call me out. Okay, I got you. (laughs) 
So there are three parts of the law. There is a moral law, there is the civil law, and there's the ceremonial law. So the moral law is like the Ten Commandments. So we still live by those Ten Commandments. They are still um, God's calling for us to live. But the ceremonial law talks about like the sacrifices. And so we don't sacrifice animals today. I, at least I don't. I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> That's because Jesus fulfilled that as the ultimate sacrifice. So we no longer have to sacrifice an animal for it to take our place um, for the guilt of our sin. Jesus did that for all of eternity. So we are forgiven through Jesus, no longer by the law. And um, Paul tries to get this out to us by saying that we are um, defined by Jesus, yeah. not the law. We are given, made righteous by Jesus, not the law. And so the law still continues, but it's fulfilled by Jesus. Yeah, I think that, um, I don't know, I even think of something about like the like Sermon on the Mount and talk yeah. about how Jesus takes the law, but then he really gets like the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. You know, you said, you've heard it said this, but this. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. that in some ways Jesus took it from, you know, just being words on pen and paper to being lived in the flesh and really showed us what it looked like um, to live a life. Um, you know, he was God incarnate and mm-hmm. showed us what it looked like to live um, in faithfulness to yeah. him and um, without that, the rigidity to the law mm-hmm. that I think we, that was um, in place beforehand. And Paul like even calls out the Jews in the Roman church in this yeah. passage for not adhering to the way Jesus is revamping maybe the law and helping us learn how to live it out. Um, let me see. He said, God's name is blasphemed be- among the Gentiles because of you. Like, Like that's crazy. Um, I would be scared to like hear that read to me. Um, And that's because the Jews and the Roman church, they were saying, we need to follow this. But really behind doors, they were not following it themselves. So it's like kind of like whenever we're like sinning in the dark, but then on the outside, we're trying to show that we are following the law. We're these amazing Christ followers. That's that's what the Jews were doing with the law. And then they were telling the Gentiles, you need to live this way, but mm-hmm. they weren't living it themselves. And so they were bringing shame, honestly, onto the name of God because they weren't living out their faith like they were called to by Jesus. Yeah, and maybe, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, wait, this sounds like a bit of my experience. Cause I think that mm-hmm. some of us, especially who maybe have grown up in the church or had bad church experiences, you know, have experienced this kind of culture of shame and just like this real rigidity um, around the law. And I think that hopefully this week is gonna be helpful in kind of just refining the way that we even, we even think about um, the law and what it looks like um, post Jesus. Yes. So, um, so that's a little clarity on that. Um, there's also this word that's floating around circumcision. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Just maybe tell me a little bit about what, yeah. what that means. Yeah. So we won't get into the gory details, obviously, but circumcision was used um, in the old law um, in the ancient for the ancient Israelites as a way to like mark them as God's people. And so there are a lot of purity laws um, is often what this is termed in the Old Testament law that were used to set the um, Israelites apart from other nations. And so circumcision was one of those ways. Um, If you ever read the scriptures where it says, don't get tattoos, don't cut your hair if you're a woman, those were so that they would be visually set apart from the other cultures and nations in the ancient world. Um, But when Jesus came, we were no longer, like we no longer needed to be marked in those ways because Jesus died and gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is our mark of how we are different from those around us who don't know Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that that's so good. I think that, um, you know, circumcision is just like, was a, I don't know, an outward mark of an inward change, right? Um, And then maybe there was some um, breakdown between that word. Maybe people had the outward mark, but not the inward Mm kind of change. But I think that the two are maybe more inseparable now than ever where, um, you know, if we have our spirit inwardly, that's going to naturally come outwardly in the way that we live our lives. Yeah, and and Paul's calling that. He's like, you are going to be circumcised by the heart. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, The Holy Spirit enters and circumcises our hearts, conforms us into the image of Christ. Like I said earlier, we become little Christs through faith in Jesus. And um, I think that's what Paul wants us to get at. It's no longer this outward mark. It's this inward mark. So we we are made righteous through Christ. We are given the Holy Spirit so that alongside the Holy Spirit, we are now becoming lights to the world through um, our becoming like Christ. Yeah, I think that so much of what's helpful about this is I think it's taking old language from the Old Testament, talking about like the law and circumcision and giving it, breathing, just breathing new life into Mm -hmm. it and giving it new meaning. Um, So these things can seem kind of abstract, but just concretely, um, what would you want students to know just in terms of like what the law, what circumcision, what does that mean practically in my day-to-day life. So good. Because we definitely don't want any, this is just a side note, we don't want what we are learning to just be head knowledge. We want to be changed by what we are reading. Absolutely. And Romans is such a great book to be doing this with together as a community where we are learning, but we are transforming that into our lives. And so number one, the law is not abolished. It is a way even for us to confront our sin. Like, um, I don't remember exactly what, Paul says, but he talks about how um, through the law, it reflects on us. And then we are able to confront the sin in our lives. And sin is a barrier, um, just like with the Jews, they were hiding how they were truly living and um, putting up out a different image, but we are supposed to live a full life conformed to Christ. And so a way to do that is confession of our sin. Like we don't want to hide that stuff. And so I'll talk a little bit about it later, but we are going to re-hit confession this semester. If you were with us last semester, Landon wrote us an amazing curriculum about confession, and we're going to hit it again because repetition is key. And we're going to see that a lot in Romans. It's going to repeat a lot, but that's because it's important. And whenever we are in class and your professor just keeps repeating the same thing, you know that's going to be on the exam. So it's important to remember it. And that's why Paul kind of reiterates things a lot in this. So... Now I forgot your question because I just like went off on a tangent. Sure. Yeah. So I hear about the law. I hear about circumcision. I'm super excited. Conforming it to our lives. Yeah. I'm super excited that Paul is like, you know, making this super practical or he's not making it practical, but he's making it new for me. But I need it to be practical. I need to know like, mm-hmm. what what is this changing in my life day to day? Yeah. So I think confession is a part of it and we'll get to it at the end. Um, but through life in the Holy Spirit, Paul is saying we are not defined by the law. It's now the Holy Spirit who defines us. And by the Holy Spirit, have you ever like gotten that like gut feeling in mm. your side of you? And you're like, that's not right. I, I shouldn't have done have. that. It's your conscience. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, is fully involved in our conscience. And so um, just like in matters like that, the Holy Spirit is meant to guide us, um, to be a part of us, a part of us every day, to kind of just like 
identify the places in our lives like, oh, okay, that's not conformed to Christ yet. And so now I need to seek the Holy Spirit to guide my life into right life with Christ um, so that I can bear His image more and more to this world so that we can be lights to this world. Because if we think about evangelism, like we want to tell people the gospel. We want to tell them about the light that Jesus has given. Um, But our lives are also a part of that evangelistic um, just telling. Like we tell of Jesus by living out the life of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, for sure. I think that, um, I don't know, just with the, with the law, it feels like it's just a, a tool that the Spirit can yes. use. You know, That's it's just a like really a tool in our tool it. belt. And it's a way um, that the Spirit can convict us. You know, obviously we, we, th- we talk about... Um, talk about scripture being God breathed and how the spirit, I feel like even, you know, the spirit can bring these words to life, you know, mm-hmm. to where they convict us in a new way. And that's the whole of scripture. That's not just the new Testament. That's not just Romans, but that's also the old Testament and the law. And so I think that um, the spirit can use the law, you know, the yes. law is not the end all be all, but it still, still holds its importance um, and still has that power to convict that you're talking about. Um, so then hit us, hit on circumcision a little bit and why mm-hmm. that matters um, for me right now, day to day. Okay, so we're no longer um, um, required to fulfill the ceremonial law of circumcision because we do not need to be defined physically. We are defined internally by the Holy Spirit. So instead of the outward expression of being um, circumcised, we are circumcised internally by the heart. The Holy Spirit literally does the work in our hearts to cut away what does not fit in the image of Christ and replace it with new life really yeah. yeah for sure so the inward and the outward they aren't separate anymore um we are both inwardly marked and outwardly changed um mm-hmm. by our circumcision of the heart like paul's talking yeah. about through the work of the spirit yes awesome that is super helpful thank you Rachel. <laughs> uh cool so hopefully that's helpful hopefully that really sparks some good discussion um in our groups this week mm-hmm. um and we can even talk maybe a little bit about you know what these things have meant to us and what, you know, they mean to us now. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is just another just proclamation of uh, the good news of Jesus and how he just changes everything for us. Yes. Um, that's awesome. So do you have any kind of just final thoughts that you want to share? Mm-hmm. Um, big take homes from this week of the curriculum. Yeah. So I think that um, I found that little quote from Paul, Paul quote here from Romans. He said, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. When we look at the law, we become conscious of the ways that we are not conforming to the image of Christ. And that is the outward expression of our faith or like one outward expression of our faith. Um, I'm reading this book called Invitation to a Journey. It's so good, guys. You should totally read it. But in it, there's a whole chapter talking about confronting our sin because we cannot become like Christ unless we confront the parts of ourselves that don't look like Him. Why would Mm. we focus on the things that already look like Christ? if we need to focus on the things that don't look like him in order to look like him. You don't clean the part of your room that are already clean. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, I just think it would be so important for us to focus on confession this week and to really allow ourselves to confront our sin, which is just so scary. Some of you might've hated confession week last week, last semester, because you're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to tell my darkest secrets. I just want to keep it to myself. But that is allowing yourself to stay in this darkness. We are meant to be lights to the world. And Jesus came to be that ultimate life. And um, he is the one that turned us from darkness to light. And so 
we need to allow Jesus to turn us from darkness to light so that we can then be little Christ that go out and help others turn from the darkness into the light. And so um, if you are a freshman or someone who wasn't uh, doing the curriculum last semester, um, a way that you can really try to start um, practicing confession in your life is through this app that Landon told me about. What is mm. it called again? It's called Reimagining the Examine. Oh, it's so good. You can just like pick an examine prayer to pray every night and what it is just the guides examine, you through Rachel? it. it <laughs> Landon, why don't you tell us? You wrote this curriculum last semester. Sure, yeah. So um, first off, I just love the idea of confession. Um, and I think that I'm glad that this is the episode where we talked about uh, the whole timeline. Yes. Because I think it's hard to like, get bogged down in like, oh, we need to confess all of our sins and talk about all the bad stuff Mm -hmm. um, without the full picture of the goodness that's to come, of the truth of Christ's uh, coming and his death and his resurrection and his forgiveness of our sins and just his His goodness and his grace that Paul is going to get into later in Mm -hmm. this um, this book. And so I think that um, we can think of Confession is just focusing on how bad we are when really we're, it's focusing on how good God is. Yes. Um, and that, that we, so ha- we have the ability to bring uh, everything that burdens us before him and that he's able to mm-hmm. give us true freedom. Um, so I think that we need to have that whole picture and really we're invited to just participate in the goodness and grace of God. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like you said, one of the ways that we get to do that is through the examine. Uh, and the examine is just a daily prayer or daily or weekly kind of depends on how you do it, but just a prayer of reflection mm-hmm. of meditating on your day of looking back, of saying, um, you know, what are the what are the good things that God have done, has done in my life? What are mm-hmm. the blessings? Um, I think that's been super transformational for me to even just, um, you know, name the things that I'm grateful for, see the ways mm-hmm. that God has been good. Um, and then to just name the ways that, uh, you know, he, he, you've seen um, His fruit in your life yeah. and the ways that you've chosen to walk in step with Him um, and to praise God for those things, to thank Him for His spirit um, that has allowed you to, to walk in step with Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also, you know, kind of reflecting on what are um, the things that are burdening me? What are the things, um, you know, kind of get into that confession piece that I haven't um, turned over to God that uh, are keeping me from walking in step with him. Um, one of my favorite things about the examine, and there's different types as you'll see in this app, um, but it, it can kind of get very concrete uh, of just like, here are the tangible ways that I'm either walking in step with God or I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this practice of examine um, can lead our hearts naturally towards confession um, in a relational way, you know, that doesn't feel so so detached from God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would highly recommend downloading mm-hmm. this app. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited. This is the, the invitation for this week. Yeah. So I'm so glad I reversed that question on you because you said it so much better than I ever could. Examine is Landon's like blood, what he loves to talk about. So I'm glad um, you had the opportunity to. But I also, just in addition to what you're saying, I don't want us to go into confession this week and forget what's coming up in the timeline. Because we talked about how this week is a part of the human sin. Next week is the answer. So do not forget Jesus Christ, the answer to human sin in confession. Um, because the point is to recognize like Jesus died for this. Like Jesus died so that I was would not be um, defined by my sin any longer. And so also receive forgiveness in the moment of confession and seek new life. And if you have any patterns of sin in your life that you're just like, I just keep doing this. And even if I keep confessing it, I keep doing it. Find 
someone to confess with and to keep you in accountability. Absolutely. Accountability is so important. That's why we do little accountability groups, even in your court groups. Um, so please find that person, whether they be a leader, someone you really trust and ask them to walk life of accountability with you. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's, uh, I don't know, so important as we're talking about like the law and talking about, um, you know, confession and the examine. I think that um, this is not a week of curriculum that we're meant to do on our own. Um, you know, this stuff is meant to be done in community. And so uh, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to do that this week in your group. Uh, and so just take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, take advantage of that community that surrounded you, that loves you, uh, that accepts you just as you are. Um, even if it feels like whatever that thing is that's kind of on your mind right now or kind of... Um, you know, just burdening your heart, um, they can handle it. Mm-hmm. And, and more than that, God can handle it. Yeah. Um, so, so trust good. them with that. Yeah. I think that we can have a lot of um, just really fruitful conversation and conversation that, that moves the ball and changes um, our lives as we move into this new semester. Yes. That is so good. Sweet. Well, so Rachel uh, brought us some of this, this, this tough word of, of human sin and confession this week. Um, but luckily, she's also going to have the opportunity to come back next week and share a little bit about the answer that she was talking about, that it is Jesus, that is new life. Uh, so look forward to that and have an awesome group this week. Bye, guys.